I'm always like looking at my business and going, what can I remove? Like I'm not looking to add. And I think that a lot of people think that in order to get more results, you have to add. The exact opposite is true. In order to get more results faster, you need to remove and simplify. And so for me, I'm never looking at what can I add to this experience, either if it's like from a client perspective or what do I add to my business in order to make more money? That's not my question. My question is, what am I doing that 100% either increases my client experience or 100% increases my bottom line? Anything outside of those two categories goes away. I ax it. I trust that I don't need it. I trust that if I do need it, it'll come back into my, my life or my business. You're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Thank you for being here, as always. I so appreciate it. I also appreciate reviews and downloads and hitting that subscribe button. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today's conversation is with Coraline Hazelwood, and she is a growth expert for community and courses and business. She has such a hmm, electric, that's what I'm going to say, electric personality. And when we had this conversation, I can honestly tell you it's one of the first conversations in probably 18 months that lit such a fire in me to get back to the dreams that I have for my business and for the people that I want to serve. And she has so many great programs online. So she's worth checking out if you own your own business or you've had an idea about maybe a secondary income stream. Plus, even if you're like corporate or a teacher or any other profession, she's just, she's got that magnetic personality that's so motivating and inspiring. If you had fitness goals, you would gain so much from following her. If you just wanted to be like a better human and really just show up in the world with excitement and joy, I think you get a lot from following her. All the links are in the show notes. She did a right turn in her career, which you guys know I love a good story about a career right turn. And she shares her entire business story with so much transparency online. Her and I both come from more traditional marketing and social media backgrounds. And and I just love this conversation. It was fire. You're going to love it too. Have a great listen, guys. I hope you have an amazing day. Coraline, welcome to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsty. I'm so happy to be here. We were just like having so much good conversation that Kirsty forgot to hit record and so now we're going to we're going to just keep it rolling for those people that aren't following you online and haven't been introduced yet to all the goodness and the luscious curls. Tell us what you do. 
I am a lion. No, my name is Coraline Hazelwood. I call myself a growth strategist, mostly for coaches and course-based business owners. Anybody who is looking to escape corporate like I did about five years ago and really turn their skills into something that they can use to generate revenue, a legacy, a retirement fund, you know, the opportunity to take family on vacation, all of those fun things. And I've been in the digital marketing industry for just over 10 years, which is wild. And I just decided to take all those skills one day and really turn that into something a little bit more meaningful and close to my heart. And that was helping mostly women or people who identify as being female really grow their businesses and start to change the trajectory of their life. I grew up not necessarily in poverty, but definitely very middle class. And, you know, working since I was 13, first job at McDonald's. And I just have this big desire to help other women create wealth for themselves, whatever that means in their own mind and in their own terms. So that's me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all the places as Coraline Hazelwood, big red hair, Camison. I love it. Camison. I absolutely love your social media presence and and it is a brand for sure, but I do still feel like it's so authentic. It's very inspiring. And as somebody who also escaped corporate, my exit was very clumsy and my last few years has been very clumsy. So I love following you because it's inspiring. And I'm just like, you'll get your together like Coraline one day, Kirsty. Y'all, if you think my together, you I've done I've done it wrong. I I've done the content wrong if you think my is together. But I, I so deeply appreciate that. You know, it's funny because I, I do hear that a lot. Like I love your content and I spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> so let me That's just put that out there. Out. It doesn't just happen. It's not yeah. No. Like I put a post out today and that post genuinely took me about an hour and a half to write. And so it it does take time. And obviously, you know, some things take less, but there, there's a lot of intention. I really, I really think about how I want you guys to feel when you read it and what I want you to take away from it. And, you know, is there actionable things that you can do? It, it's really important to me that I'm not just like another post in your feed that nobody needs to read, right? I want it to actually be something that you can implement and and have it change either your life or your business, because I think that both go side by side, right? So when I was reading it and um, you were talking about like the the windows in New York City at the holiday, mm-hmm. which immediately takes you to like such a nostalgic place. And then I've never even been to New York in the holiday season, but like I just imagine what it would be like. And then the porters, like the, looking at the <laughs> porters, I laughed aloud as I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is really good. You want to know what's funny about that is that I was literally sitting in this room and, and my partner, who I, my dear friend and partner, Chantal, I said to her, I was like, what's that show called where they hoard things? And she was like, hoarders. I was like, oh, right. So like this not together. I literally not together. Oh, I love it. I, yeah. you know what, when I came out of corporate, I feel like for me, like my experience was, I'm not really sure exactly which way this is going to go. And in the meantime, if something cool comes up, I'll probably say yes. In some ways, it could have been okay because it could have allowed me to like really see where their opportunities were, like what I really loved doing outside of that environment. However, it went on for too long and to the point mm-hmm. where I was just like basically giving away my knowledge and working with like the Been wrong there. ideal audience. And then thankfully, I use that very sarcastically, the pandemic hit. And then I just became an accidental stay-at-home mother. But also from a business perspective, probably the exact right moment for somebody to like pull everything from under me. At that point, I yes. was in like mainly event marketing. And so every <laughs> contract, every client was wiped. And, and now I feel like in some ways, I'm just kind of 
I'm peeking like from around a, a door being like, okay, I think I might be ready, but like, I'm going to do this so differently than I did it before. <laughs> do you have like those, do you have like any of those big learnings that we might be surprised to know that you, you know, sort of like navigated through? Yeah. So, you know, with this, so funny. I quit my corporate job on a random day because I had an anxiety attack on a Friday night when my boss was calling me. I was a social media strategist at the time and I was literally driving through the countryside and like pulled over, bawled my eyes out on the credit side of the road. And I, I learned a lot about myself in those moments. The first one, like six months into, I had already been working from home. My job was remote at the time. My corporate job was remote. So I was used to working from home, but I didn't realize how important even the little social connection that I had on Zoom, going to the odd client meeting, like driving into the city to, you know, to meet clients and, and meet up with my team and go sit in coffee shops. I didn't realize how important that really was. So I had like a big moment of the anxiety got worse when I quit my job and I thought it was going to get better, but the isolation like ruined me internally. And so that was a really big lesson of like, sometimes it's not necessarily, you know, the corporate environment, but it's how we react and how we respond inside that environment that I think is oftentimes, you know, the culprit. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to leave my job. I want to do it right now. All of these things. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I will fully support you because I did that and it was the best thing I ever did. But is there is there something we can shift in the way that you're thinking about your job right now? Are there boundaries missing where maybe you can stick it out a little bit longer to give yourself that cushion to where like you're not just ripping the rug out from underneath you? Because most of us don't excel in that type of environment where you just like rip the rug out. The other massive, massive lesson for me was that I might, for some strange reason, my community needs this reminder all the time. But the things that I, the skills that I have from corporate are 100% transferable in my business. And so for some strange reason, I find people go through, you know, corporate jobs or even just, you know, maybe things that aren't classified as corporate running other people's small businesses, that kind of thing. And then they come out and they're like, well, I have no experience. I've never done this before. And I'm like, wait a second. All of the crap you did still applies. Like all of those skills get carried over. It's just a matter of finding different tools to use them with. And so, you know, one of the things that I always tell people to do when they're like in that process of they quit their job and now they feel like they're floating is to do your resume. I, yeah, I did my resume. Yeah. I did my resume as if I was looking for another job and it changed my whole way that I thought about myself. I wrote down to like not just job skills, but like life skills. Like I know how to have challenging conversations and relationships. Like that, that is something that most people don't know how to do. I can teach that easily, right? That's something that, that we can transfer. And so if you're in that limbo of like, Oh, I've never done this. I don't have any skills writing your resume to yourself for yourself and like emailing it to yourself and opening it and reading it with fresh eyes can be like a really powerful way to re- just relook at yourself in a different light. And see yourself as an expert in something because we all are an expert in something. It's just a matter of pulling out the little pieces and allowing ourselves to take ownership for what we've created in our lives. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's such a tangible, easy thing to, well, it's not sometimes easy, but just for <laughs> you to do, that's a great exercise. I love that. I find because I spent like 15 years looking at resumes that I can easily sit down with somebody and I can hear them talk about their experience and their and their jobs that they've had and what they've been like really drawn to and what they said yes to. And and I can like pretty much tell them what, you know, that key strength and 
thing is that they can package up and, and share with an employer. And I think sometimes that's what I've sought out in coaches is like, I needed mm. somebody to do that to me to see you. Yeah. Like, because I would get really excited about the potential of someone's business or the potential of someone's brand or for the product. And I would be like, yeah, I can help you. And, and it was like, no, like I, I could sit down and do all the work to figure out somebody's ideal target audience. <laughs> it was like, felt in some ways like it was like this super power gift that I was given for other people. But when it came mm. to me, I just like, I never did the work that I love doing with others for myself, for my business. Most of us my- don't. Yeah. I know. Most of us don't. A really great analogy as to why is like, if you imagine, let's go back to New York City, because I love cities. I live in a city and I had this condo that was on the 45th floor of a, a condo building in Toronto. And I could see the whole city. And I remember one day I was so stuck. I felt so stuck in my business. And I was like, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go, going to go for a walk. I'm going to see what I find, what I discover. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let me, my intuition guide me and go. And I, as I was walking down the city streets, I realized that most of us, and I'm walking among these massive skyscrapers, right? Most of us are that in our story. We're mm-hmm. in our mind, right? And when I, when I got back off the elevator and onto the 45th floor and I looked out over my balcony, I could see everywhere that I had walked. And I think that, that that's what we forget to do for ourselves, right? Because when a client comes into our containers, we're like plotting. It's if we're like, okay, where did you start? Right? Like, let's, let's think Google Maps. Like, where did you start? Where are all the pit stops you took along the way? And then we go, okay, well, it's really clear then because you started here and you landed here. This is the destination you can walk other people through. But we never take that. I call it an overstanding. We never take that high level of a perspective for ourselves because we're in it, right? Like we're, it, we don't take ourselves out of the fishbowl. We're just, we're in the fishbowl all the time. And so an exercise that I do frequently is I like plot my own Google map, like, where did I start? What are some of the milestones? And like my childhood is like completely missing. So that's fine. We start with like bullying in high school and I like plot it all. Like, what did I do? What are the things that I remember? And slowly over time, I add to it as things pop up and things, you know, experiences come through and, you know, we, I move forward in success in business and in relationships and what that looks like. I plot them all on this line and that allows me to kind of see myself the way that I would want a coach to see me. Because I think that's what coaching is. I think coaching is is seeing someone and yeah. holding space for them to see themselves, right? Yes. Yeah. At times I've wanted to like market myself as like a cheerleader. Mm. <laughs> and like I that it's like very much simplifying what I would do for somebody who owned business. But like I do feel like that that is at times what like what I love doing for people in their business. But also like I'm the cheerleader they can have like can kind of like give it to you straight, which sometimes not everybody likes. But anyways, I want to know, I want to know how, how are you like finding ease and flow as you grow this business? Cause you are like a badass, high growth entrepreneur. And I know that women listening to this, they are always looking for ways that they can like excel professionally, but it without it coming at a cost of like total burnout or constantly feeling like they're drowning. Yeah. I have like two priorities, my client's result and my profit line. If I'm doing something that doesn't increase my client's results or increase my bottom line, I don't do it. So when people are like, oh, you need 
like you should be running on monday.com or one of these fancy things. I'm like, one, reduces my profit line. Two, doesn't necessarily give my client better results. So I'm not doing that. I'm like very much, and I think people think I have like a whole team, but it's like, it's just me. I do do this full time, but I literally have two devices. I have my MacBook and I have my iPhone. So I use my notes section a lot. Like all of my processes, all of my links, everything that I use is just saved in my notes section. I pin them to the top. So they're right there. They're available. Color codes, like any branding things that I'm using, any words that I'm using all the time, I just stuff it in my notes section. I'm always like looking at my business and going, what can I remove? Like I'm not looking to add. And I think that a lot of people think that in order to get more results, you have to add. The exact opposite is true. In order to get more results faster, you need to remove and simplify. And so for me, I'm never looking at what can I add to this experience, either if it's like from a client perspective or you know, what do I add to my business in order to make more money? That's not my question. My question is, what am I doing that 100% either increases my client experience or 100% increases my bottom line. Anything outside of those two categories goes away. I ax it. I trust that I don't need it. I trust that if I do need it, it'll come back into my my life or my business. And so that's what I'm always focusing on is like, how can I make this easier for myself? So if I have to open up monday.com and you know click in here and grab the email and do this thing, like I've just had to spend six minutes logging into something, trying to find the right forward, looking for the right email, copying it, pasting. No, like I have my notes section on my phone. It's searchable. We do that. Like I just am like, what can I remove all the time? And I do the same thing in my life as well. Like in my personal life, what can I remove from my day? What's really, truly not required? You know, I'm going to fancy meditation studios. Love it. Not required though. I can meditate in my home. And I, and I think about this all the time. What is not required for my success? What is not actively contributing to getting me closer to my goals or getting my community closer to their goals? Everything else has to go. Oh my gosh. I love the laser focus. Okay. This is interesting. You brought up personal and professional stuff. And so I want to bring mm-hmm. up this topic of like, can people build a business? And have clear lines between like personal and professional or are all lines like thrown out and it's like you are if you're visible online growing a business and a personal brand, then like your whole life is online. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So when I will say from experience, because I've done it both ways, when you put every single thing about you on the Internet, one, you're not interesting. Like you're not an interesting person if your entire life is on the Internet. I love it. We need some mystery. Mystery. I teach mystery. Okay. I teach mystery. It's a really important part of business. So to answer your question, yes, you can. Like, you know, I know we chatted a little bit about this. One of the things that a lot of people don't know about me and I, people think I spend my entire goddamn day on Instagram too. I hope I'm allowed to swear. Your girl swears. I have a sailor mouth, an (laughs) Irish sailor mouth, but people think I spend my whole day on Instagram. And, you know, the reality is I'll be on a private call and be like, Oh, you know, I'm going to my partner's house tonight. And they're like, wait a second. You're dating somebody. I'm like, oh yeah, not only am I dating someone, but I've been with him for three years. Like we've been together for three years and people don't know people. So yes, you can have that balance. And I think it is really required where the lines get blurred, I think is in terms of your own boundaries and like what you want to put on the internet. I had to learn this the hard way because my partner does not want to be on the internet. He has no social media profiles. He has never had social media profiles. He works in the tech industry, works online, but he does not want to be a part. He does not want his life documented online in that way. And so 
I had to find a way to do it. And I think if I think that was a major reason why I figured it out. But there's a lot of other elements of my life that are not on there. I think you have to just really pick and choose what you're comfortable sharing. And just like everything else, trust that that's enough, Mm. right? Because people are like, oh, I have to give it all. You do this when we're giving offers, when we're putting programs and courses and coaching packages, like I have to give it all. They want all the information. That's not what people want. People don't want information. People don't want to know the dirty details of your breakfast. Unless you're a health coach, I don't need to know that. In fact, you're like clogging up their right? Like you're detracting from the point. Yeah, you're not adding value to them. That's not why they're going to you. Like, yeah, right. right. And so I think for me, I was just really, really clear. Like I didn't want my family to be a part of the messaging in the sense of like they're visible all the time. I didn't want my partner to be a part. When I have kids, they will not be a part of the conversation. You know, I just had to be really, really clear. My my health, aside from my workouts, is not something that I I share or I talk about. It's not relevant to my client to get the result that they want. And so I, I'm really picky and choosy. I'll tell you my favorite movies. I'll tell you my favorite copy. You know, I'll tell you, you know, some of those more surface level details. But the deep stuff I share is my emotional side of my personal life as it relates to my business, because I teach people how to build a business. So that's to me like the only way that I know how to do it. But you have to you have to decide and you have to maintain that boundary, just like every other area of life, which is uncomfortable. Yes. But it's doable. Uncomfortable. Somebody told me once that my posts can sometimes look or feel like a journal entry. Hmm. And I I took this feedback really hard at first. <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay. And then I was like Okay, actually, there's like something here with this because like where I'm at is being like extremely reflective and she might be onto something. Like there actually may be some more boundaries that I need to bring in. I think that I use social media right now. Like I'm not necessarily, I don't know. I'm like, I don't have like a current offering. I'm not like in that space. So I think sometimes I use it as a way to connect with my community. And so Mm -hmm. the lines become very blurry. And I really love that you have that clarity and you have those boundaries. And I think if there was like, I've been like boundary badass for the last 18 months. And I feel like if there was one area where I could probably bring in some more boundaries, it might be social media. And like, cause I measure like how much I'm on. I'm very careful with like on it around the kids. I'm like, how I use it is one thing I've nailed. Like, and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm living on it or anything like that. But the content that I'm sharing, this a little bit, I don't know that I would be able to draw a clear boundary like that. So I kind of like that you're calling it out. Yeah. I mean, you know, the question that I have for you and the question that I have for that person, and like, this is really important. Whenever someone gives you their feedback, I always ask myself, do they have the life I want? Do they have the results I want? If the answer to either of those questions is no, and this is in like specific areas of business, then sorry, I can't let it in. Like I, I can't hear it right like what's that see no evil hear no evil monkey like that emoji like that's what i think about i'm like like love my mom to death she does not have the financial bank accounts or like the financial life that i desire so i'm not taking feedback from her around my finances or like what i do with my money and like those are you know what i mean so the first question that like really came to mind when you said that was like what's wrong with it being a journal well and that's what is interesting is in my reflection of that whole thing like it played out in my mind for a while and where I was like kind of being critical of what I was wanting to like what I was feeling pulled to share 
what I realized was like, yes, they have a beautiful business and I love it. However, their brand is a lot more curated than I feel like is me. Like to be authentic to me, I feel like I need to be a little bit like more real, a little bit less like curated. And like, I might do a photo shoot without makeup or something and that's cool. And their photo shoot might be like champagne and, and bubble baths and like gorgeous, luxurious stuff. And they're like two very different brands. I kind of go with what people really love when it comes to content right now. So people yeah. are like, please keep sharing this. Like, this is great. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It feels really uncomfortable. And so that's probably a good thing. And you guys are liking it. So I'll just keep going. With it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, everybody, it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, there's a right way to build your business and a right way to make content. And I'm like, somebody take the word right. right. and like, it out of the dictionary doesn't exist. There is no right way. What works for you isn't going to work for me, right? And so while using your social as a space for you to process and work through things and share your experiences really works well for you. For me personally, like the thought of using my Instagram as a journal just like scares the absolute <laughs> out of me, to be honest with you. Because like my, my journal doesn't have a conclusion, Right. right. And right. you know, like pretty bows like wrapped up in my in my journal. Like it just doesn't happen. And so that that side of things, you know, just doesn't make sense for me personally. But that's not to say that it's not working for you and that people wouldn't love it. You know, the one thing that I always people always get mad about me for saying is I always say your business isn't about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And people work. Well, yeah, it's just not about you. Uh, I often find like when people are stuck and they don't know what to say, when they don't like we're really thinking about ourselves in those moments when we're like, oh, I don't know what to put out there. And should I put this out there? And what are people going to think? And how am I? And I'm like, it's not about you. I love the voices. Like, sorry, (laughs) she loves her clients. But but and these are not your clients voices because your clients know. But I love the voices. (laughs) I I I talk the same way. I, I do this to them and they'll. It's so funny because we have a thing where we we name that part of ourselves, right? Like oh, mine's, yes, yes. My, mine's is Becky, like my inner soul. Her name is Becky. Sorry to the Becky who bullied me in high school. You have like, you have officially become the devil on my shoulder. But hello, also, you didn't stab me. But I, I'll say it to them. They'll come to me with a problem. And I'll be like, not about me. Like, is this about you? Like, we're not talking about you right now. We're talking about your client. But no, it's, it, I think it's really important, right? When we're sitting in thinking about ourselves and how is this going to impact me? And how is this going to impact my bank account? And what are people going to think? And we're thinking about ourselves and our businesses, truly, if we're here to be of service, are about our people. They're about our communities. They're about the impact we're here to make. And when you focus on them, when you focus on what they need to hear, what they need to see, what they need to know in order to move forward, then all of this anxiety, this feeling of stuckness actually dissipates because you've taken yourself out of the equation in a really big way. And it kind of takes the pressure off of you. And as a result of that, your people feel your intention because you actually are being intentional and your bank account grows as a result, right? And where most people are going wrong, I think in this industry is like, I want my bank account to grow. I want my bank account to grow. I want my bank account to grow. Like, is this idea my million dollar idea? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. think about it. I do. I look at my numbers every single day. I know all the numbers in my business, but that's not what I'm thinking about. Like that is a byproduct of me thinking about my people Mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. That's where that money comes from. And so I love that. I love that you're able to use your social as a journal. I think 
that that's really powerful and you're going to impact a lot of people that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's not a wrong way to do it, but for people who don't want to do it that way and they're like, how do I have that separation in my personal life? You realize that your business isn't about you. You literally are not part of the equation. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. So I love this. You've told anybody who's like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could have an online brand. I don't think I could be a coach or you've given them so many different ways that they could like do something small today to show up in that person that they think they might, you know, that, that idea that they might have. Okay. So let's talk about the idea. That's what I want. That's my wrong Mm. way of saying I have an idea. Okay. I'm being my listener right now, but also me. I feel like I have teased the idea with people that I think would be my ideal audience. This came out of a constant like theme I was seeing with, with certain like types of business owners. And so I have this idea. I wouldn't say it's like I fully understand if it's going to fly, but kind of. What would you say to me? Like to what, where would you go? Like what would you do? So this is what I do. I'll share what I do. I follow every idea. I follow every idea. If you have a built up network of people, past clients already, they're the easiest people to test ideas on. Mm-hmm. So just throwing it out there, what do you guys think about an offer like this could be a really great way to just kind of get a litmus test of like, is this good? Is this not? Like, what am I, you know, is this Coraline just like high on life today and thinks this is good or is this actually good? You know, like that's the vibe we're going for. So if you have a built up community already, then I would say you can go there and like, just throw it out there and see what what the feels come back. It's not to say that if they say no, that you shouldn't proceed forward. And I think that's really important. I think too many of us listen to too many people's feedback. So if you're early on in an early phase of business, I would recommend like not listening to many people, just yourself. We can talk about that later. But <laughs> this is what I this, this is what I would do if it was me. The moment I get an idea, I tease it. The moment I get an idea, I'm on social media and I'm like, guys, boggling. Like I just had the idea. Even if it doesn't have a name, even if I don't know when it's going to launch it, even if I don't know if it's going to launch, doesn't matter to me because you can always tease something and you can always change what you're teasing, right? So first thing I always do is I tease it. I have an idea. Oh my God, I'm working on the idea. I show myself working on it. You know, I talk about maybe start brainstorming some words that go with it. The next thing I do is I pick a date. If I don't have the clarity on this idea by this date, then I'm not going to move forward with it. And I run my business very much like, yes, strategically, but also strategically in line with God, divine spirit, the universe. And so I'll pick a date and I'll say, okay, December 15th, let's say that's three weeks from now. I want to know the details by then. And I don't care how you bring them to me and I don't care where we find them, but I want to know them by then. Mm -hmm. And so I will just commit to teasing, sharing what comes through, putting it out there, letting it be messy, not knowing all the details until that date. And then on that date, if it really didn't come through for me, if nothing else comes through, then I just let that idea go. The momentum wasn't like big enough behind it for me to follow it. And usually when that happens, when I decide, okay, I'm not going to pursue this anymore, something else comes in like right away. And so all that teasing you just did on your social, you still get to use it. You can still bring something out in a really big way, or you can just be like me and be like, y'all, that was fun, but I decided no. Who wants to add another product to their product suite? You know, like who... (laughs) Not me. I like simple, right? And then, so as you get details, you roll them out. The big thing with ideas is you sell them before they're ready. And I think that's a really big thing where a lot of people go wrong. Not wrong, but we just don't know any different. We think that 
we see these big programs that people are putting out there, these offers or these packages that people put out there. And we think that they put them out there and they like knew all the things at the beginning and they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They flew by the seat of their pants. And oftentimes the idea that you're seeing is literally months or sometimes years. If we look at like design to scale, which is my core product, that's years in the making. And people see the surface and they assume, oh, they had all the details and they had the sales page and they had and and that's just not true. And so I would say like the sooner you can put your idea out there, the better. The sooner you can get it out there, the sooner you can decide on a price. People will buy things without knowing all the details. Like we're in launch mode. I hate the word launch. You're really just selling something intentionally. But we're in launch mode on a new offer that we have out right now. And I don't have all the details for it. I know it starts in January. I know it's going to be six to eight weeks long. And I know that it's going to be really good. That's all I know. And 22 people have already signed up for it. So I don't know when the call times are. I don't know necessarily. I have an idea of the content that's going in it, but it's not planned out. It's definitely not recorded. It's definitely not created. I think the sooner you can sell an idea, the better, the better. And now do you have the way that you are putting out programs and and, and offers? You can do that because you have like a system in place and you have a back end, you have a platform, you have things in place so that when you get these ideas and you can kind of like run with them, right? So if you are talking to somebody who like, you know, hasn't hit publish on her website in over a year, let's just yeah. say I'm asking for a friend, <laughs> then what do you say? Like, do you need that back end stuff? Do you have to understand tech? Sort of a leading question, but you know. A year ago, I would have told you, yeah. A year ago, I would have said, if you're going to do it right, then why not have the things, you know? But the reality is that I built a multiple six-figure business with no website. Right. I was a website designer with no website. Do you think that applies even now, even with everybody going online? and Yeah, 100%. Most people don't look at your website. I mean, we put up a website at the beginning of October and yeah, people land on it 100%, but people are not buying because of my website. People are buying because of me. People Mm -hmm. are buying because of the transformation that I bring people. People are buying because of my content that I put out. They're not buying because of my website. Nobody is buying something because of your sales page. That's just not, it's just not the reality. You are your best sales person and you will always be your best sales person. No one else will sell your ideas or want to run your business the way that you do. It's one of the reasons why I don't outsource as much. And there's some like odd limiting belief stuff there that we can, we can talk about if you want to. But I think, no, I think the simpler you can keep it. For as long as humanly possible, you should do that. You know, create a PayPal link, create a PayPal link, accept e-transfers. I know in the States, Venmo is a big thing. We don't really do that here in Canada, but like that's the way that you can do it. You can be resourceful until you get to that point where, yes, you need systems because you will get there. But I don't think it's required if you're making less than $75,000 a year. Systems can be PayPal links, manually sending emails, you know, writing out the email template. Great system. Well, write the welcome email in your notes, put a little name in brackets, highlight it so you don't forget to change the name for each person, right? Like we don't need fancy tools in order to make a big difference or to make a big impact or to make money. It's not required. But I think once you hit that 75K mark, you need to start looking at your business in a totally in a bit of a different light and putting in a couple of different automations and systems that can help you. But if I could do it all again, I wouldn't do that. I'm also a very tech savvy person. So you know, I've been in the marketing space for a really long time and tech comes really naturally to me. And that's not the case for a lot of people. So keep it as simple as possible for as long as humanly possible. I love that advice because I think when people are getting started, they think they need like all the shiny stuff. 
And I love that yeah. you're just like, no, it's not necessary. I love shiny things. Like I'm a woman, you know, I do love nice, shiny ideas and rocks. And like, I love the shiny thing. But like I said, if they're not increasing my bottom line or helping my clients get better results, they're a distraction and we don't need them, right? So you don't need Trello to make content. Like you you don't need a content calendar. I don't have one, right? Like I've never had a content calendar. In fact, when I try to put things in content calendars, my content is <laughs> so we don't do it. It doesn't work for me. I work for someone else. Doesn't work for me. Yeah. I love that we have that flexibility though. Like I think that is that when I was in corporate and I wanted to do something fast and I couldn't, like I couldn't be agile. I couldn't like run with an idea. It was going to take six months or six people signatures or whatever. That's why I remember like, yeah, I have an idea and I could run with it. And that's why I chose this. So I just need to run with it. Okay. You said something about limiting beliefs. And yeah. talk to us about limiting beliefs. You're working with women entrepreneurs and you're coaching them and helping them grow their business. So I feel like you're basically a limiting belief expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Limiting beliefs are interesting because limiting beliefs come from our environment, right? So limiting beliefs literally come from what we've seen as being possible based on our environments, where we grew up, the phrases that we heard, what we saw our parents doing with money how we know how like how people make money, right? Like even just the ways of making money, like a lot of people have a lot of limiting beliefs. So I can't make money online. Like my, I, I have family and grandparents who made money doing woodwork or always doing things with their hands and selling handmade things. And, and so limiting beliefs for me, I think we have to understand that they have been there for a really long time in our minds as a way to protect us. For one, our brain's job as a whole is to keep us alive. And so our limiting beliefs, those upper limits are there to, I'll say this in in air quotes, but to stop us from dying. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when we like step outside that comfort zone or we go over that limit, the body, the nervous system starts to freak out because it thinks we're going to die, right? Like it literally thinks that, oh my God, if I make $60,000 and I've only ever made 40, like I'm going to die. Like I'm not used to that. Like, how am I going to handle this? Like we can't do that. And therefore we don't, it's not safe to go there. And so I think you know, the biggest thing, if I could give anyone like tips on how to like rewire limiting beliefs, it's one to first understand where did it come from? Where did this limiting belief come from? And what is the limit? Right? So for me, my family, I'd never seen anyone earn over $55,000. Like I just had never seen that. And so that was my limit for a really long time. And I had a challenging time pushing through that upper limit, but I had to realize that that's because that's all I ever saw growing up. I did not have any other evidence that anything else was possible. And so the first one is identifying where the belief came from. The next one is asking like, is it true? Right? Like if you hit that, if you hit that limit, will you die? Will you die? Will you be unsafe with a hundred grand in your bank account? Will you, will you be unsafe? Like that's the next question is, is it true? Are the stories that you're telling yourself about this limit true? The answer is going to be no. That's always the answer. Like, no, no one's dying. No one's dying because you're making more money. In fact, you're actually keeping more people alive by making more money. And then the other thing is what I call expansion. So looking for people who are just like you. So if you're, for example, building a business and you have kids at home, I'm not a good expander for you. Mm. You need to go find somebody who is 
between the ages of, let's say, 25 and 35, if that's where your age bracket's at, you need to find someone who's got two kids at home who is doing it, who has moved through that upper limit. And you need to, when you see them doing that, collect it as evidence, say to yourself, literally, she is proof. He is proof. They are proof that someone like me can achieve this and still be safe Mm -hmm. and still live to tell the day, right? They didn't burn their family down. You know, they didn't. And this is for whatever it might be that's holding you back, not just limiting beliefs in terms of money, but limiting beliefs in terms of if I leave this terrible relationship, like everything's going to fall apart. Is that true? In our brain, it probably feels really true. And I've been in that position and it felt really true for a really long time that like my, my world would fall apart when I left. And I had to find other people that showed me otherwise. And constantly, constantly, as soon as that thought process came up, you have to catch it. Is this true? No. What do I want to believe instead? Who can prove to me that this is possible? Who's just like me? Just like me. Oh, that's so good. I love limiting beliefs. We wouldn't be here without them. You know, every single thing in our lives is a result of a limiting belief. Right. Yes. Even my income right now. Yeah. We're all just living the physical reality of our mental limiting beliefs. Yeah. Wow. All the time. I like how I can talk about it with so much ease with my children. Like my my nine year old, she's got like a whole thing she does in the evening. She like tells her thoughts to like fly out the window and she's going to rest and like. We can talk, like I can talk in so much detail about how the brain works and, and explain it to her. And then, but like, when do I ever, I don't know, do that stuff with me? Kind of a little bit when, as I'm, I'm learning, doing an NLP certification. So I kind mm-hmm. of am going through it as I'm learning content. I'm like, you know, looking at my own life and how it shows up, but you just dropped some major juicy truth bombs. So thank you. I love it. Lots of help. <laughs> I've had so many, you know, I think people think people become experts. I say that in air quotes as well, because I don't think any of us really think about ourselves as experts. Like we got here because we went through this, you know, like <laughs> there's a reason I know what I know. It's <laughs> I've been through a lot of in my life. I have a lot to be grateful for, but I've gone through a lot on a personal level as well. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anything exciting coming up in 2022 that we should know about from design to scale or Corlin? I mean, everything is changing. I'm rebranding. I am watching four new offers this year instead of just the one that I have. Everything is changing. I don't know. I, I'm not a planner. That awesome. might surprise a lot of people, but I plan about two months out. Even that, I'm like, two months from now, this is not going to happen probably. So to be honest with you, I don't know, aside from it's going to be unreal because I'm Expanding. deciding that it is. And everything is everything is neutral. So that, that I literally think about life that way. I think about business that way. Everything, everything is neutral. I'm not like excited about things. I'm not unexcited. I'm not, it's all neutral. And so for you to ask me that, I just know it's going to be good, but I'm neutral as to how I get there and what that looks like. Oh, it's good advice because the how is not supposed to be any of our business, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, yeah. Everyone wants it to be their business. I'm like, I don't know your how. <laughs> you know what? I, I love that when you, you. you celebrate your successes in such a you're such a role model. That's what I want to say. You're a role model for how you celebrate your successes. So this year, this past year, we did another co-authored book and I was leading this, this project. Let's call it a project. It's a book. 
And so every time we had a new author say yes to being part of this with us, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a sale that we were celebrating, but it was like an author joining the project. We would get our little post-it note out and like put the name (laughs) on it. And I was like, totally like, I love that, that energy that you bring and how you were celebrating that. And I think sometimes in this space of like coaching and, and online, just the whole industry of online coaching, you like can only talk about things if you have like the five and six figure launches and you, you know, everything has to be big. And I'm like, no, some days you were putting one name up and some weeks you were putting up three and some I'm yeah. sure days I missed that you put up more than that. But I'm like, I kind of love that, that you're celebrating every single person that joins your community, your program. And it, it didn't make it feel like no success was too small, I guess is what I love. Yeah. Cele- celebration, I genuinely think is what moves the needle forward in our, in our businesses, both from a sales perspective, but also from a results. No matter, no matter what you're trying to bring people, if you can bring celebration into every container, into every client contract, into every single element of your business, you will find that people want or more excited to work with you and you feel much better about the work that you do in the world. We talked about a little bit about like most people see the surface of a business and don't understand what's going on behind the scenes, but you're seeing the surface level when I celebrate clients coming in. I don't like to call them clients, community members. I write a list of over like 30 to 100 things every single day that I'm celebrating. And sometimes it's getting out of bed. Sometimes it's blowing my nose. I don't always remember to do that. (laughs) And so what you're seeing is the surface level of a tradition that has been existing in my life for a really long time because I didn't have, I'm not an optimistic person naturally. I I was born a pessimist. (laughs) I'm a pretty pessimistic, jaded human being. And I have to do that. I have to celebrate in order to keep my mind focused on what's working. Otherwise, my brain, because of my anxiety, because I struggle with depression, will knock me back down. So like, I love that you see that. And I love that you enjoy that celebration because to me, and a lot of people don't agree with this, but to me, selling is service. Mm-hmm. Like when I sell something to someone, I'm not taking anything from them. I am opening a door of opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. And and that's different than I think a lot of people have a really hard time with sales and they have a really hard time with celebrating their wins because we have this mentality of I win, she loses. And that's just not the case. There's so much more to go around. And when you look about, when you look at sales, when you look at selling as an opportunity for someone to transform their life, which it is, you get excited to sell. I love selling. I, I would sell you my used coffee if I could, because I know that even though there's only an inch left, like this is where the sugar is, you know, like this is the sweetness. Like I would sell this to you for a dollar because there's also something in an investment, right? right? There's something to be said for investing. Part of the transformation is the investment in that commitment. And the celebration that you guys see is really, like I said, it's like the top of a really deep iceberg of celebration, which is just a massive part of my life in a really, really big way. I celebrate everything and every one. I'm a Leo. I like to do it big. I love the fire. I love the energy. I celebrate all the things and I do it over the top. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all of the goodness that you brought today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to follow along in 2022. So have an amazing year. You as well. Thank you. It'll be good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. 
I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.